What's up guys, it's the AK Mindset and we're back with a banging video today with a special guest and we're discussing one of the best mangas that I've read in a long time and it's definitely on my top five list and I'm sure you guys when you listen to this will enjoy it too. So let me just introduce the guest to you. We have Satsuki or Sats how do you say it again? I, I'm really messing up. <laughs> Satsuki the Savage. That's it. Satsuki the Savage, my guy. And obviously, the one and only Choco, aka Daniel. Talk to them. Yo, what's going on, people? Daniel here or Choco, whichever one you want to call me. And we're talking Claymore. Had to round up the guys for this one because this series hit a different level. Ooh. Ooh. It's clean. It is clean. It is clean, but for the for the icebreaker, I just wanted to get your guys. What's your first impressions about Claymore? And also, how did you find out about Claymore? Did you get him through the anime, or were you manga only? Well, uh, okay. Oh, you want to go? Uh, uh yeah. I, I'll just go first. Um, so I'm kind of new to the manga scene. Um. We were talking about this earlier before we started the podcast, but I got into manga. Like the first manga I read was maybe like five or six years ago. And it was probably Berserk or Dead Man Wonderland, something like that. And I, I say that just to say, um, like Claymore is one of the first things I read. Now, how I got into it was the anime. And I think Claymore may, may have been like the first anime I watched where I wasn't satisfied with how it ended. So I was forced to get into the manga. And so like that was my whole experience with Claymore. I think the animes had as good scenes here and there, but that ending was terrible. It's, it's terrible. So that that uh pulled me into reading the manga because I was like, it ain't no way they fumbled with the source material. So uh, I'm happy to say that Claymore is like one of the first things where it transitioned me from anime to manga. And I had a fun time with it. It was definitely better than anime. Okay. It kind of making me want to jump into the anime just to see how bad it was. <laughs> it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's not like it has its scenes. There's some scenes I think are actually better than the anime and the manga, mm. but oh it's it's a big it's a bit drop off towards the last three or four episodes was well, it crazy different from the manga but yeah because the anime it, it basically called an iso and did its own thing so <laughs> i see I, I'm, I'm trying to i don't want to i don't want to compare it to the promised goofy land because that was <laughs> that that's 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 terrible but Gosh. It, it had its own anime original ending and it ended it ended like just just think about what like it ended around um the suicide mission in the north like that right. that's around the area it ended so think about all of that and think about like how much it took to defeat priscilla 
and how much they would have to skip in order to beat her in the anime from that point like could you imagine claire as she was in the suicide mission of the north arc being capable of beating priscilla no of course not but, that's, but that's they ridiculous. did but they did <laughs> what that's like skipping the real like material like the real like substance of what you needed to get to the very end that's, that's crazy. It, it was a huge leap it was it was crazy but uh, hey like i said it, it pushed me into the manga so it is what it is i'm not too mad at it okay okay what about you Joe? um well obviously and usually as everybody's heard on this podcast i've repeated multiple times daniel put me onto this series as he does with most series as like um satsuki said i'm kind of new to the manga game as well i haven't read as much as daniel so he always puts me on some great material and i'm very happy he introduced me to claymore because it's one of the most captivating materials i've ever read it was one of those um series that i could not put down like every day i would have to at least skip through a volume read and i was rereading chapters and i hadn't even finished the series i would just go back i can't believe that happened i have to reread that again like that's how deep into it i was and it's, it's just one of the best like character driven stories even though it does have great world building and like just a general great theme throughout but the characters and it's hard to really contemplate how hard it would have been to make these characters so like captivating when there's so many like there's so many of them it's, it's actually stupid definitely one of my favorite series and yeah just i'm glad we have the opportunity to finally talk about it because i've been i've been needing to have a conversation about claymore for a hot minute for a hot hot minute mm. high praise high praise rightfully deserved though because this series is it's just so it's very different from what i've read before and how i got into it i don't i don't really know i've always seen claymore about and i heard a few things and it was just sitting on my list and I did I hadn't started it until I like I said to Sartskill, yeah, I haven't read Claymore. And then he was like, Oh yeah, let's do a read through. And that was that was my first, I guess, avenue into reading it. And those first few volumes, it's it really helps you to get into the series quickly because of how intriguing the story is, how interesting just the world around you that's being set up. And then all these concepts and themes that's being thrown at you so it's not hard to get into claymore at all it's very it's a very easy read because of the strong opening volumes and i think as you listen to us talk about it, you're gonna if you haven't read it already i don't know if you're why you're here if you haven't but this should be <laughs> it should be like a recommendation for why you should read it hopefully we don't spoil you too much but yeah we'll get into the first topic now and what I wanted to ask for you guys, um, I'll let you go first, Rajal. What do you think is the best aspects of Claymore as a series? Um, well, there's a lot of things that kind of went into my thought process when thinking about this, because obviously I just mentioned just how well 
character driven it is and how in-depth the characters are and their motivations and everything that kind of guides their will but i think um it's the the thing that was so significant to me, significant to me is how well balanced of a series it is like it's not you know some series is all action like everything so focused on the battle scenes and some series is all about the relationships and there's multiple aspects i could talk about but claymore has the most balanced i i feel like it that's why i enjoyed it so much like the balance aspect of it having great dialogue between between the characters showing um all the dynamics and the power struggles also just the larger theme that you're able to observe as a reader that really captivates you you're like oh what's gonna happen oh how does this link and it's just crazy to think how the writer was able to fit so much into such like this story so seamlessly because when you look at it it's it's a lot of things going on especially later on when you get the like revelations of how like big the world is like you really see what you have in aspect of like the island they're on but when you get your mind is blown that suddenly like, oh my days this is just a fraction of what's going on in the larger scope of things and for me that just gave me the showcase the complexity to it so when you look at how things tie into each other that's what i love about this series so somebody else's problem over there their solution is your present world if you understand what i mean regarding yeah, yeah. the story without without doing too much but that's i think that's really the best aspect of the series how well balanced it is while i was showing so much I think I'd agree with that because, like you were saying, with how many things are interlinked with the characters and then with the plot and the world, the world especially because that was a big, re big revelation and it's something that how you would doing backflips. <laughs> I'm not even mad at it because it's not something you would have expected, but it made sense within the context of the series, and it kind of just made you think how how well planned it was. That's how it came off because mm. of how balanced. The different aspects came through because of you can really tell that the mangaka i think his name's norihiri yagi he came through he planned out his series you could tell what he wanted to do in the beginning middle and the end and that shows constantly throughout the story because there was never really a point where i was thinking okay what's this guy doing i don't understand it always made sense mm. when you got to the climax of the that specific arc or moment but yeah um, what about you, Satsuki? What do you, what do you think is the best aspects of Claymore? I don't want to hold a series. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the best aspect of the series, but I'll just say one of the best. And it's I think it's an underrated part of it, and it's the power system. And the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, when people bring up power systems, like you'll like the best you'll hear like JoJo and uh, Hunter Hunter and it's mostly based on like their creativity but those series are allowed to be that creative because it like it, ha it literally has no limits but claymore is interesting because it's 
the power system is kind of grounded when you think about all the powers that exist in it it's only like what what your limit what their powers are limited to are either manipulating their yoki energy to do something or is some body manipulation something like that and for us to be limited in that way but still have so many different things that these characters can do it kind of reminds me of and i haven't read or watched too far into this series but it kind of reminds me of how like fire force has the powers foundation be on fire but there's many different things that uh the mangaka uh okubo does with that so like we we see a character like uh galatea be able to uh, manipulate yoki energy and base uh basically make them move how she wants to Helen with her uh you know stretchy arm or limbs in in general like i i really like how the power system is grounded but it still has so many different avenues that uh norihiro goes with so that's, that's a great point because it actually ties into what we was saying about the balance because we see so many different claymores and you can honestly say none of them fight the same they all have their own mm-hmm. unique style they might be similar but it's their own sort of twist on it so that's something that i actually haven't had for about the, the power system is it's is actually quite an underrated aspect of the series because of it must have been because there's like over 40 claymores we've seen i'm pretty sure and they all had yeah. their own fighting style that's not that's not easy to think of and it's not it's not easy to make it so distinct so i have to I have to appreciate that because that's it takes a lot of hard work to do that the fighting styles none of them are lazy none of them are unintelligent none of them are you know oh i know you just wanted to get another power in for another character that you know every character even the characters that you don't see as often or you're not as exposed to throughout the season you you understand fully their power and why they have it and how they've trained it and how they've developed it if you get what i mean like it's Mm. so precise and like you said that's why it's like it's it's great you can't 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 not rate that i wanted to ask just a little bonus question do you have a favorite fighting style or like person who was fighting if that makes sense based on the power Ooh. system um hmm. I, I really like galatea and that just made just because of how she when she first appeared mm. uh but i don't know i, I would probably go with I gotta go. I gotta go with the goat. You know what I'm saying? Well, not the goat, but close. She close. Phantom Miria. Yeah. That oh, style is good. crazy. The, the after images is just. She did. Oh, oh, it's it's so clean. It's it's clean to look at, and it's just a clean ability. Do you remember that panel where um, she was fighting um, two of the organizations? Um, new recruits i think mm-hmm. it was the new twins and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and they both like inter intersected their swords and stabbed her and it looked like she was stabbed and then on the next panel she's gone and i was like jesus i was like yeah that's ridiculous <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> filthy i was like what, what am i reading what am i watching that was clean yeah yeah that, that has to be my favorite style 
yeah, the Phantom, that, that, that ability is too wavy, I can't lie. But my, my favorite, it's, it's weird because the way people, People think she fights is um, strange, but it's Cassandra, the dust eater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is she clean. Because even though she looks mad weird when she's fighting, she's cutting people up, she's slicing them down. That's she number one for a reason. For sure. I hate that. Uh, I think my favorite might be, even though it's not as. Um, you know, you don't see it as much as Deneve and just her ability to rege- regenerate so rapidly. Like, because she doesn't really really have a fighting ability, but because she can be so reckless in her fighting style because of how rapidly she can regenerate. Mm, I like that one. I like that pick. Deneve is, yeah, I like her. She's, she's cool. She's cool. Um, yeah. Well, I think the best aspect of Claymore is, I have to say, for me personally, the art and especially the character designs, because when it came to the abyssal ones, I can honestly <sighs> say none of the designs failed me. They were all amazing. They're like artistically, you can tell how much detail went into each of their um, character designs, how they looked, and it also projected the aura that I would say it's associated with each one. You could feel how powerful they are just from their character design. So yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Art is one of the top aspects of Claymore for me. He easily probably is has my favorite one out of the Abyssal ones. Yeah, like yeah, I like yeah. all the designs, but easily is just cold. Very cold. Ooh, very cold. You look like the horseman. He's of out death. here looking like yeah, looking like one senator. Just standing there, he's like menacing. Yeah, <laughs> Crossbow and sword, everything. I think what makes it cooler is like how he's presented in a story. Like he's a very like calm individual, and then you just have that transformation. It's like yo, this dude is a demon. But it go- it goes along with how people say he is because uh, a lot of people were saying like you know he he's faking his demeanor, but he's really a beast. So like that transformation yeah. just showed you like uh, it's the real easily. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. Cause I was intimidated when I saw that. I was like, "What is this? How are they even gonna beat him?" Well, oh, boy. you know, Eastley was always intimidating. Even when he was in like his normal form. Even when he was trying to hide from the abyssal eaters, he was always intimidating. If you cross paths with Eastley, like just beg for your life. You're you're dying. If he, because <laughs> he's on crud. He's. Because of how calm he is, that's why fear is so. Or the other abyssal ones that were more, you know, um, raw with it. They were really outgoing and like they weren't as intimidating. Obviously, they're crazy powerful, but easily, I felt like he had that maturity and like he stood on top so much. It's like I don't even have to be energetic with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think all the Abyssal ones are kind of like that too, in a different way. Because if you look at like Reful, for example, she anytime she talks, it's a it's a it's in a real polite. Like she's always polite when she talks, but she will she will murder you, torture you, all of that. It's just she has supreme confidence. Like there's there's only a few people who can really stop her from doing what she really wants. 
definitely I agree with you on the refill point. She was, she was, I, I love her character, but she, she's a scary, scary individual, especially her power as well. It's, it feels unstoppable to beat, even though she did get beat, but especially, I think in almost every fight she was in, I never really bet against her because she was just, she just mm. had that overwhelming force. Yeah, even even when they came off the time skip, I was like, yeah, Reef was still in command. Cause like, how they were talking about her, like, uh, <laughs> we gotta run. <laughs> we we are not fighting her. After seven years too. But <laughs> mm, well, speaking about characters, I think that's a good segue to go into our top three favorite characters. So, mm. you you guys, I feel like we gonna have to say. I feel like we ain't gonna, I feel like this is not going to be diverse. Honestly, I'm feeling the same way. The feeling the same way because the way you guys have been talking about characters is like legit. All the characters I was feeling throughout the series, but we'll see in it. We'll see. We'll see. He's feeling brave. He wants to go first. We start in three. We start at three. Yeah, yeah. We'll start three. Okay. Who's going first? I'll jump. I'll jump first because. I don't need guys to take mine. <laughs> you know the ones. <laughs> okay, three. I might be kind of cheating because I picked a combo of people. I p- picked um, Refo and Dalf or Doof. Legit, my um, Amazon thing going off. But yeah, I picked those two because. I just like how complex their relationship was. And I felt kind of sorry at first because I was like, I was looking at them was like, what is this relationship? What is this power, power dynamic? This is weird. Like, what is this? They're faking it. But as we went throughout the series and I continued to see they had a real deep love for each other. Do you know, it kind of grew on me. It's like the own the real like the deepest like couple relationship in this series, surprisingly. We, so weirdly. But uh, it really is. And it kind of gave that kind of different dynamic to Abyssal Ones that they're more than just their immense power and more than um, you know, just the monster that we perceive them to be. And you know, it gave kind of the character development. So like you have to understand Abyssal Ones and look at them as individual with with scopes that are beyond just being a monster if you know what i mean yeah like especially when you look at um someone like easily he was so similar he had real emotion and real feelings that you have to kind of like take in and understand that i want to say they're a person but obviously i also don't want to say they're a person because i know they're not people but they they had um, real emotion and real drive and real passion for um, things and one another and um, um, especially with the revelation of um, Rifle, like she really, she, she just wanted friends, if you know, she wanted comrades that would help her and stand with her and fight violently against other people who come against her, you know what I mean? Even though she did go about it in the wrong way, like you can't, you can't torture people, right? You can't you can't do that i mean with all that power there's like it's, there's only a couple people that can stop it i, I think that's what i just think that's a good part of claymore too the fact that like a, a lot of shonen series 
you you always have like the mc built up to like take out all these threats and he, like even even with like priscilla claire didn't really do that nope. you know we, we can talk about that later but with the with the abyssal ones in particular they didn't have enough power at any point to take them down true that's all that's very true they took apart. any of them down no they didn't not like one-on-one or it was always situational based like there had to be something going on or you know that helped them and helped the situation go their way it basically were leagues apart they had no hope yeah and they didn't because sometimes the series the series will have this big power creep where like characters will need to get stronger because of the mm. threat level obviously but other than the the seven year time skip and it's understandable because of seven years where they're training in isolation just you know uh sharpen each other's blades yeah it's, it's like other than that they didn't they didn't have any big power boost or anything but they were still able to get the job done because of uh the situation before them and just being smart so i think that i think that's pretty cool yeah it was more like in intelligence and like just being experienced especially some of the leaderships and some of the claymore who were like really strategic with it like they knew how to manipulate the situation in their favors like when it was crunch time um number two um godai galate and she apart from being like just a beauty easy on the eye Renee's love bill. of my life probably <laughs> what Renee's you're gassing it oh, you're gassing it man you're what? gassing it that's, that's, that's pure wait, wait, wait wait who renee renee the one with the braids oh, yeah. the, the one with the lips yeah that's she bad i i don't know i, I really like galatea i like renee i probably had to go with um i really like hysteria and uh I think her name was Anastasia. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she's a, she's nice. Dietrich was fire as well. Dietrich, oh my days. Can't go wrong there. Even <laughs> Ophelia before she before she betrayed me. True. I knew True. what it was. <laughs> Loki, basically everyone. Like there's like, nobody. <laughs> I'm not sleeping on any characters in this series when they're on the page. All of them had their moments in my heart. Apart from Clarice. Course. Oh my god, hey man, hey. She she had a tragic end though. Give her that. At least give her that. I'll give her that. But she she's majority of she was putting up triple singles for the majority of the series. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was bad out there for her, man. I'm blending it like Westbrook. <laughs> Westbrook. Oh man, nah, she was she was not she was not putting up numbers, man. That it was kind of tragic. It, it's just funny how like she's introduced to the series. It's kind of like, it, like even her name. It's like, <laughs> like I'm gonna be the new MC. It, oh nope. my god. <laughs> it's like nah. <laughs> that sold sold her dreams for real. Yeah, that was dirty. Mm. Galatea, that's clean. Yeah, she fired. I think I just like how much she changed throughout the series. Like, she started off as that kind of vain, prideful character, especially she was super concerned about how she looked. I remember one fight, she was like apologizing for using her Yoki and looking 
she thought she was looking ugly. I was like, what are you doing? Like, chill, just, mm-hmm. just beat your opponent. But then um, after the seven-year time skip, she, like, developed as a character, lost her eyesight, RIP, oh, my days. And, do you know what? She was kind of bad, badder when she lost her eyesight. I don't know, I don't <laughs> Yo, know how, really how, how I feel it, about bro. that, but you when she lost her eyesight, that really did something for me. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's my first That's time hearing something mean. like that. <laughs> I, bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. Her, her <laughs> eyes were gone, and I, bro, immense love for her was I don't know. Every time I read the, and she was in the panels, I was like, oh my days. L- listen, I can't really, I can't judge. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to brain this character because I know I'm gonna be looked at. But uh, if you watch Two Year Eternity, Hayase. After after she got struck by the bear, I don't know what it was, but she did it for me. <laughs> don't kill me. I don't know That's what so it is. As well, That's super specific. Yeah, I respected it. I respect it. And my number one, which is I'm expecting this to be like this person to be in everybody's list, and it's Phantom Maria. Oh, um, the, the goat, as you said, she makes everybody's list probably nba 75 short list as well she makes everybody's list yeah for sure that's for sure like she i don't i don't even have to say too much about it she was just impeccable throughout the series as an individual as a driver of the main story as you know she was so intelligent as well like her her intelligence and her understanding of like the wider what's going on and how she was going to operate and it felt like everybody else's um, motivations for stuff were so not substantial compared to her like big, I want to say dream, her bigger like vision of um, a fight for freedom and not only her freedom, freedom, but everybody's freedom. Because in the series, you're like, she feels like the only person to understand how much they're in, like they're bottled up in their cage and she's like no i can't i can't have that this this system the organization beyond even beyond the organization this ain't it i'm gonna break free and i just i just love her for that man that's my top three nicely put very nice that's clean that's a list you can't get mad at any of those picks i can't i'm surprised you didn't put one person on them we 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 both gonna have her choco i know I know. Who going I was next? tempted, but I was like thinking of like what you guys will also choose. So I was like, you know what? I'm have to be a little bit a tad different. I heard that. I heard that. Okay. You, you want to go, go next? Yeah, you can go. <clears throat> All right. My number three is Helen. Yes. I don't, did, did she even? Did she even have a like a nickname? Did she have one? I don't remember. You know, um, she might. I don't know if she had one. It'll but be on the screen if it I don't is. think she did. You might you might have to give her a nickname. You mm. might as well. See, I, I I would I would <laughs> I would give her like something Helen. like like yeah. I mean yeah, that can work. That can work. Let's move I, I feel like that's not good enough there. <sighs> yeah. But I mean like the, the reason I pick Helen is especially very early into Claymore. With, with with the cast in general, with the, the, the Claymores I'm talking about, 
I won't say they don't saying they don't have a personality is like not the right way to describe it, but they're very um they're not very expressive. And I felt like Helen was one of the characters to like break us out of that mold because she would do things like drink. Uh, she was always smiling. She was always laughing. Like most of the times the characters are very serious and it, it's not even like she brought, she did bring uh, comedic relief, but I think more, more of it is just like her like brightening the mood of the series even if it's not necessarily funny like her presence just literally uh makes things not as uh dreary as they can be um yeah she, she was just a she was a fun character i like how she used her powers eventually like uh mimicking uh john's power of you know the like twisty arm thing i was like i was i, I was i was clapping when she did that because i'm like okay because you're you're using the stretching powers to get, like use something that we already seen before and was effective so uh yeah he helen was just clean yeah i can get helen was clean. It. i love i love helen she's as you said comedic relief well, anytime she was on the page i was creasing because i don't know she just brings out a nice positive energy with her yeah she definitely had good vibes around her but um, my number two, and we already talked about her, Phantom Media. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what did it for me when it came to Miria is first, I think her plotline is just as interesting as any character you uh, point to in a series. Like yeah. Claire had her whole you know journey of, of to revenge, but miria brought the world building aspect to the series because she was trying to uncover the organization and trying to take it down and in doing that you saw her leadership qualities and man i, I think it was the chapter where uh the organization got the claymores to attack her and oh my you, you you think oh, that stress. she's dead from that you know like they, they hack her and then she comes back and you're just like, oh shit! And she's scarred up. <laughs> and Helen said, "I'm not Helen." Miria said, "I right, let's do this." And then she got everybody. Like, she turned everybody against the organization. I was like, okay, that's a leader. That's how you do it. And she was doing that the whole season, even before then, because she was pretty much running uh, the, the the seven ghosts. Like she was the person that everybody looked towards to when, when they needed to do anything. A lot of people didn't listen to her a lot of times, but Miria was that guy. She was that gal. And the powers, we gotta talk about that. She the, the phantom powers were anytime it was drawn on panel, I was like, ooh, we got another good one here. Her fight with Hysteria is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, she went, she went beyond the limits on that one. Yeah, like even how the fight went too, it was just that came down to be a, a big brawl. And I like how she was content with winning in an ugly way. Because I I think that was like his hysteria's downfall is that she all she had she was hysteria the elegant. So she didn't want to get dirty in her fights, and Miri was, you know, willing to do that. Sometimes you gotta fight dirty. Facts. Shout out to the Dust Eater. Is 
it's kind of cool like you you kind of mentioned that because i was thinking like throughout the series i had the same kind of mindset mindset especially like you're saying she went beyond just thinking oh i can i don't i don't always have to win clean i can win dirty because most of the claymores in this they seemed or most characters they seemed so prideful like throughout the series like there's certain things in certain ways they want to achieve things and want to win and i'm not sure if that's because of how similar like all of their up upbringing was or the trauma they went through or the um the teachings they had when becoming like you know the training becoming claymores i'm not sure why they all have that kind of innate pride that most of them throughout the series don't get over most of them you know it ends up being the sword they die on yeah Rock, Roxanne is like that. Well, no, Rock, Roxanne is Roxanne is kind of weird though, because she has that pride, but like, like she she will be willing to fighting. She will be willing to fight dirty, but like when she gets tired of that technique, you know, then it, you know she switched gears. And the Rock, Roxanne is hilarious. I wish I wish we would go deeper than three, just because I don't know where <laughs> I would have her, but like, I, like there needs to be a discussion on Roxanne. <laughs> but uh yeah man my number one come on man you already know yes, Teresa of the faint smile you know what I'm saying a oh, flashback it's... character who like it, it's it's crazy to me because when you think about how many chapters she's been in she wasn't in a lot she's she's definitely out outnumbered in chapter appearances when it comes to like the main cast even it's like some of the lesser characters like uh yuma or, or somebody like that but her impact that flashback was one of my favorite uh favorite sections of claymore and obviously she had impact due to uh claire being in the story but man when i say anytime she was on screen she was entertaining and it's crazy because like we we already knew how powerful she was but it still wowed me anytime she would just demolish her opponents and i i think it it was crazier about it is the fact that i don't even think we've ever seen her fight at full power which is wild to think about because she just never really tapped into her yoki power because she just didn't have to and man like I said, the backstory with her being a mother to Claire, like, you know, that definitely got me attached to the character outside of the fighting part of it. But I think the main thing with Teresa, why I like her is that calm and cool demeanor when she shows up on screen or on panel, you know, it's going to be good. She she give you that confidence because the faint smile, you already know it's going to be good. Ain't nobody touching awesome vibe. Awesome vibe, Loki. Yeah, I, I love it. Like the and and when she talks her shit and she's all cock, like I love it. Cause I know she could back it up. Yeah, I'm not gonna say too much because you already know, but yeah, Teresa, she's a different kind of she's a different beast still. Do you know what's crazy about the flashback? And obviously, like you said, it was one of the best flashbacks i've seen or read and especially in this series they use flashbacks so well but when i was reading that i didn't know i was reading a flashback for a hot second for a hot i was so i was i was reading and i was 
I was confused. I was like, why is the like this the the story switching up suddenly? Like, what is happening? Who are these characters? It yeah. took me a hot second to realize it was a flashback, but when I did, it was incredible. Yeah, it, I, Choco was like seeing his read through. He was the same way, and I was the same way when I when I watched the anime. I don't know what it is about it, but it kind of just it just made you believe that okay we're just focusing on another claymore i don't know why but uh, okay but like when 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 teresa gives claire her name it's like oh 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 so yeah the, the way the way that flashback was done was pretty pretty good because yeah. I, I had no awareness of what was going on it was so seamless I, even when she gave um, Claire the name, I was like, oh, so there's two Claire's in the story now. <laughs> I know that who I think it is. Don't kill me. <laughs> and it wasn't until the end, I was like, oh my days. They're the same Claire. And I was just like, oh, wow. I can't believe. I think I think that's the moment when I knew that I had to be on my toes while I was reading this series. It's not a series that I can just be, you know, dilly daddy and like just not concentrate. I have to concentrate on each panel because... You don't know when there's gonna switch up on you and like pull the rug from under your feet. Yeah. Yeah, it does that a lot. <laughs> oh, it does that too many times, but yeah. Planted two clairs, I like that. I really thought there was two clairs. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this was the same clair? Saskia's <laughs> just reading there like he doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, when they gonna meet up. <laughs> don't kill me, fam. I really thought they were gonna meet up. I was like, okay. <laughs> Listen, I had too many theories that were not true. We'll put it, we'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah. That's two jokes. Okay, top three. So number three, I got Claire. Because, listen, the journey from chapter yes, one to chapter, what's it, 155 or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The trials, the tribulations. Because... A lot of protagonists, they don't really struggle. Because Claire, she becomes quite, she becomes stronger by the end of the series. Like, she's not number 47 anymore. And I can honestly look at her and say, yeah, you earned every single power-up you got. Because there were so many times we saw her getting dragged through the mud, seeing her getting beaten up, seeing her at so many low points. So we see her walk through these challenges and overcome them to become stronger and even at the end it wasn't even by her power it was by obviously Teresa who helped her but I can I can see the way she changed became mature opened up because when we when we first saw it even she was I couldn't really get a good read on her and then we kind of when we get to the slashes you see how even though she was portrayed to be quite calm she's actually quite emotional which is a weird juxtaposition between like her outer face and inner face and learning those different things about her character and then um how she was engaging with the other claymores picking up techniques yeah like and then also the distinction when we found out how she was an attack claymore rather than a defense claymore and then i just made like other things that happened in the story hit a lot more because of we already knew she was the weakest so if she was losing limbs that's not going to be good because she's not going to be able to regenerate them so that's why when she lost one i was like i don't even know because i i was like she's already the weakest so why are you making her weaker but we obviously it was for a reason <laughs> yeah. i was i was not happy during that ophelia fight i'll put it i'll put it 
I was I was distraught because Ophelia was bullying this woman. She ran away and I was like, okay, cool. And you just see Ophelia pop up again. I was like, oh my days. Is this is this woman for real? Why is she so obsessed with this girl? Uh, that 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 whole thing was just clean. Those, those stretch of chapters too, because Ophelia is just um, like, because I, th- I think before then, Miria was like, okay, so I'm gonna tell you the top four Claymores since I'm number six, and then she's like, okay, these are top four: Alicia, Beth, uh, Galatea. Watch out for this one, number four. Watch out. If you go, if you run into her, do not engage. And then the, the person she teams up with is Ophelia. He's like, oh, sh- oh shit. And when, when she gets hacked apart, and then you, you see um, Alina I, I, I pop up with the with the cloak. Oh my god, Bro, that man, that was clean. Yeah. Nah, but that, that, that whole arc was yeah. But anyway, my number two, I think these guys have already they sung our praises, Miria, Phantom Miria. I mean, it was only right. And I'm actually here to do a public apology because during during that arc where she was not attacking, trying to kill the claymores, and then she was just getting beaten up. I was out here cursing her. I lost my faith. So after really, I, I lost faith. I, I, I have to be honest. I was like, you, you're a bozo. I said she's a bozo. I can't and then, believe it. And then she came I, back I, the next chapter. I was like, oh my god, she actually turned them to her side. Wow, I'm a fraud. Uh, I can't believe you lost faith, man. I I rated her more because of that. I was like, especially when she was going through her like her trauma, seeing some like her dead friend. Who is it again? Actually, I, I can't. I I will not remember her name. She was, but she was seeing, you know, one of her um, dead friends, and it was like, okay, that made me respect her more. That she, you know, even how hard she is and headstrong she is, she still has the like that softness in her mm. heart that obviously led to her demise. But you know, there's worst ways to die, and I love that she did come back. The comeback is what made her uh, solidified number two because. It was just too cold, the, the double page spread, and it's just like, yeah. I was in shock. We're turning this around, bro. Yeah. Oh, I did. <laughs> I, when I saw some of the organizations and um, their faces, when they were like, what? what? How is she still alive? <laughs> like, what is what is happening? It was crazy. No, she's the best. She's the best. The Phantom, man. I think she's probably got the coldest um, epithet. Like, I don't think anyone's been the Phantom. I'm not going to lie to you. Phantom Miriam. Yeah, it's 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 cold. Like that that one's one of my favorites. Roxanne of Love and Hate is one of my favorites. Uh, you know, you gotta go classic. Silver King. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. That's hard. Hard. We we could have that could have been a list too because yeah, some some of these some of these names are are pretty cool. Some somebody had a whack name. I can't remember who it was, but I remember just reading like, oh, okay, that's kind of whack. I don't remember it, so I guess I must have had to expunge it from my memory because it was just that bad. <laughs> if I if I remember it, I'll let you know. <laughs> Please don't. The other series, I was like, I, I wish I was giving them the nicknames, but I would have gave them like the worst, like the worst nicknames. I would have been like Future Wife, Galate, 
tweet one Teresa I would have been I would I would have been on like on my on my in my bag fam I would have been doing it <laughs> I would have got cancelled for that though they were like nah this guy's unserious he can't can't be given those dead nicknames man a lot of these organization people was unserious they had like two people who were serious about their jobs everybody was just relaxing <laughs> they were chilling chilling yeah okay alright number one the undisputed never changed after her introduction solidified Teresa of the faint smile yes sir wow yes, sir. wow it's crazy how someone in a flashback can be my favorite character in the series it's crazy how strong the flashback was how strong she was she she's just so wavy with her claim man every time she was in a fight even when when she got ran up on with alina sophia noel priscilla i was like oh no is she done the answer is no nope. she, she's the waviest bro. oh my god that that shows that 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 like i keep saying it, that that was one of my favorite parts of claymore too it's just the whole hype of priscilla and how she's next up and how she's going to overtake teresa and then teresa just like mm. shut that up because <laughs> like even Ali didn't understand how strong Teresa really was like she does not use her power in, a, in fights I think they said like she was using 10% of her Yoki power and obviously like there's there's like a, a cap on it before you start the you know uh, start mm-hmm. the turn but still 10% is nothing that's it, it just shows how ah man she's she's amazing and then on it ah let me just organize but yeah fight wise strength wise she's amazing she's truly the strongest claimer i don't i don't want to hear anything from anybody else like no one else is beating her yeah and character wise character wise she's so strong her relationship with claire it touched me man it really did wholesome man mother teresa mother teresa oh peace yeah, I, th- I think what like made me made it a stronger thing is when, um, you, you know, you have the whole rule of them not the Claymores not being able to kill humans, mm-hmm. and you saw how far she went for Claire. She, oh my god, when they when when Claire was being held up by by old boy and they taunted her, and then <laughs> I think it was even like crazier in the anime because it's like they just get. Well, no, you, you see her fight the one guy and then like everybody after that just gets off screen and then she's just like uh, surrounded by blood and you just like, she, it was a massacre. So she did not play about Claire. That's her mom, man. She really looked after Claire. And I like how Claire was able to, you know, melt her heart to get yeah. Teresa open up. Because that moment, that panel where she's holding Claire and then she starts crying for the first time. That's that's one of the reasons why the flashbacks such a good part of the story because of you get those moments and it just it's just the guy flexing. He's like, yeah, I can write, I can write this well this early in the series, but don't worry, I got more left for the rest. It's just yeah, I, I love Teresa, man. I think I don't think there's actually yeah. 
a character that's better than her for me, honestly. We have to add, add more hype to Claire because like when she was following Teresa like through the forest as a kid, walking behind her, like no food, no nothing, no water, struggling. Like I could not do that. When I was reading that, I was like, just go home. I know you don't even have a home anymore, but you know, pick a tree. <laughs> Live with the squirrels outside. Then you got the most powerful Claymore just kicking the shit out of you. Oh my goodness. I would have yeah, I would have turned back. After that first one, I would have okay, I'ma holla at you. <laughs> Obviously you don't need any company. You good. <laughs> oh but she was so persistent. Like and that's obviously what Teresa saw in her. She was like, ah, oh, this, this like young girl won't go away. Like, she's she's chosen me. I'm stuck with it. I have no choice. Like, I, I, you have no choice but to love her and care for her. And just to see that relationship develop and how she changed so much as a character, like it was crazy, man. And the, the wildest thing is the significance of a flashback and those moments those really detailed moments that like go throughout the story like they they're like the you know i, I want to say like foundation but not even foundation it's like a, like a vibration that vibrated throughout the story so like beautifully and elegantly and you have that kind of depiction of the beginning of um obviously Claire's vengeance tour and obviously her relationship with Teresa and at the end how that then comes to a beautiful like conclusion like it's it's beautiful like it's stunning on every other dynamic throughout the series even when Eastley had his like fake family mm -hmm. when he had Raki and um, <coughs> Priscilla even that had there was no comparison to how pure that i think it's because it's um it was like a mother and her daughter you know what i mean that just yeah. had gave that pureness to it to it compared to the other relationships there was nothing that they could really gain from each other it was just you know i'm sacrificing my all for you and that kind of sacrifice is what you know claire wanted to repay yeah, I, I mean, I think that type of dynamic is always interesting to see when you have a character like uh, Teresa, who's very cold and uncaring, and then they eventually warm up to somebody like that. That's always going to hit. And it was just executed perfectly because the Claymores in general are like that because they're isolated. They go to their regions. They take down a Yoki mm -hmm. and that's that's pretty much it. Like they don't get to express any real human emotions of caring for someone like that's just they do their job and that's it they just do what they're told and Teresa was like that for a long time like sure she would like deviate and do her own thing but um you know uh wait wait what is this okay I don't know why, why I just had a notification but um yeah like Claire was able to break through to her like, like one of the telling moments is just when she gets Teresa to actually sleep in the bed because all Claymore just you know plant their sword into the ground or wherever they are and they'll just like rest like that just because they're used to that they don't sleep in inns or anything like that they just they, they, they're, they're warriors they fight <laughs> yeah 
they don't even enjoy like eating or anything like that but yeah. you know uh claire was able to bring out those human emotions in there because I, I they exist with every character it's just they don't really get to express it because they don't need to i think that's why i had like a lot of sympathy throughout the series for um all the abyssal ones or most of the claymore um and i would i would say to some extent some of the organization like individuals in the organization but not as much but especially mm. the claymore and the abyssal ones i feel like they got kind of boxed in to uh, idea and concept of what they had to be and they kind of ex- uh, like accepted it and they because of that they weren't able to explore other like, avenues or ventures or even expand their themselves as characters as individuals there was nobody um it feels like they were just like gliding through their existence just fighting and killing and repeat sleep eat yeah. kill repeat you know do whatever the organization organization themselves or tells them to do but um Claire really was the first individual, like you said, that gave her the opportunity to see beyond that, which is just, um, it's really impactful because, like, especially if you think just in general life, there's individuals who give people perspective that there's more. And that's what um, Teresa got from Claire. She's like, ah, there's, there might be more for me. Like, I might have a heart. I might have something i can care for i have something like i i worry about like she ne- before that she was never worried even like if you think about it claymore was when they la- lacked that kind of relationship or abyssal ones when they lacked that kind of relationship i don't even think they even care about their existence or their lives they don't mind if they die if they die like they would rather win but if they die that's you know just part of just part of the list of you know each generation uh, yeah each it is what it is end, you know what i mean it was yeah. like that but then with her she was like oh it's not it can't it's not like that i can't i'm not going to accept that i have somebody i will protect and somebody i will um you know we have deep emotional connection and drive and passion for which i was that's why this story and the series is so good yeah like before Teresa was just it was just her surviving but claire was the reason to live because she felt that she needed to protect her and it, it's a way of of like validating her powers because now she could use that to protect claire rather than just killing a yoma because even though she, like killing a yoma protects people that's only done on a condition if if they can pay it <laughs> like if they can't pay it she's not she's not helping you like that's just how the rules go but now she has someone to where she can use her strength in a positive way because i mean if you go after claire most likely you're a scumbag and you're gonna get dealt with so you know it was a way for teresa just to use that strength in uh a way that benefited uh someone in a positive way i feel like that's the moment she actually felt alive she was like i'm actually a living something I'm, i actually exist for something not just you know passing time and like just you know just being you know what i mean there was there's something more to her existence which was yeah beautiful mm, i think that's a nice 
nice way to wrap up that topic there about our favorite characters and now i want to go on to the third topic where we're talking about character motivations like what are your thoughts on the character's goals and their beliefs and if you learned any takeaway messages from the series hmm I, I find like Claire's motivation is pretty simple, but I I, I always find this interesting when when you get a revenge story, but then um like that that character is so focused on getting their revenge, but then in that journey of revenge, there's things that make them question like whether it's worth it or not, and um a lot of the time is is gaining friends, and I think like the the person that made Claire like kind of reconsider getting her revenge was Rocky because in in the same way uh Rocky became a person that she had to protect and you know just like Teresa did for her years ago but what's interesting is Claire was going to try to get a revenge no matter what (laughs) (laughs) this would made it funny because like a lot of the time like that'll be a thing that will deter them and uh maybe they'll abandon a revenge or think that it's not worth it but the whole way claire said nah i'm killing priscilla that's (laughs) i gotta do this for Teresa." not one time with like her like there'd be some times where she just goes off track but there's never been a time where she said i'm not gonna do this it's, it's not worth it she was gone. Yeah, when I, she, I gotta, I gotta kill Priscilla. I love that. I knew she was on job and on crud when, as soon as the moment came, she's like, "Yeah, I'm abandoning. I'm abandoning all my humanity." She said that there was no reason for her to say that, <laughs> but she just like, "Okay, guys, I have to tell you, like, I, I have no morals now. I'm not. Don't even call me Claire now. I have one objective." Yeah. <laughs> Had me in tears. I was like, right, oh, you're wild, Claire. Actually, wow. Oh, she's built different, man. For real. What about you, Joe? Because I know this was your topic, um, isn't it? This one, so like jumping on Claire for a bit, I do, I think I did like her motivation and everything, but I did feel like it was so simplistic and always like emotional based like it was so re- it's very reactive if it was like even though she had such a long time to like meditate or think and grow she she was stuck at that kind of childhood trauma she was stuck in that moment where Teresa died and she had not left at all and whatever happened you know that she was gonna like activate that inner demon whenever Priscilla if, even if you like mentioned Priscilla's name I know she would uh, like she would have changed she'd be like what Priscilla <laughs> you know what I mean yeah uh, I for, for me the person who um the two people who had the most interesting kind of like dynamic and motivation was uh, Maria and how she um throughout the story she kind of had that big objective uh, especially when she was informed by who is the this do you know the spy guy i'm not sure his name the spy from the i know what you're talking about um, i can't forget i can't remember his name. God, what was yeah, his name? Rebel? rebel or something like that 
I, I think so. I think, I think so. Like those those two had for me the um, with Scott Price the biggest like drive and motivation and like journey that would lead to a lot of things changing for everybody's lives. So like with Claire, it was immediate. It only affected her. Like it was her vengeance. You know, she was like, I need to kill. But with Maria's, like I need to change the whole foundation and whole. Um, aspect of our existence like altogether i need to break down the invisible barriers and walls that have been shrouding our visions so that everybody can see and everybody can have true freedom and kind of working with that rebel or rubel whatever his name is guy he he allowed or facilitated um that and for for me throughout the story he was kind of pulling the strings so he was feeding misinformation here and there and giving clues and like obviously for his own um for his own like, goal but um maria even he said that beyond that you didn't react like how i thought you would react like she was so uh, open-minded and had uh, such a big worldview and it was so uh, it encompassed everyone that she was able to kind of even see through his through his manipulation like she was able to move beyond that and be like okay nah i'm not going to go that way but um i think what i really learned from her character was that you shouldn't especially in her position you shouldn't put everything on your back and even though she is a great leader and a great um like individual with insight experience and perspective you can't like let everything the all the responsibility land on your back that's too much pressure like you break and her death kind of um for me symbolized like that's at the end of me doing this by myself you know what i mean she mm -hmm. But that whole process, she was doing it all by herself. When she pulled up at the organization, she didn't tell anybody, which was crazy. And that's because she thought, oh, I'm the only one who has an understanding. And maybe she was looking down. No, I wouldn't say looking down, but, you know, in a way, she didn't um, think that others would understand her perspective and what she was seeing and then, you know, make the right moves. But when she died and came back, it was like, yeah, this is the complete journey of her. Like, she's resurrected anew, even though it's like technically it wasn't a resurrection. You know what I mean? So that's that was so like impressive and so uh, cool, and really had like deep rooted messages that like I enjoyed when I was reading it. Well said, very well said. I think with Miria, one of the things I took away from her is to ask questions because she was always skeptical about everything the organization was telling them she didn't really put all of her eggs in one basket if you could put it that way and she was always looking to find out information for herself to verify it for herself so that way she knew what she was looking at was true that's why she was going out to all these places that's how she discovered that the country was just really a small part of the overall world and that's how she found out about the truth of the world I think that's one of the aspects that makes her character so interesting because she's probably one of the only proactive characters we see in that aspect who is actually trying to 
find information because a lot of the claymores we see uh, late in the latter half of the series and this is one of my i guess not the problem with a series but problem with them that they were so they put so much faith in the organization and they were so willing mm-hmm. to just obey them and not really not really verify what they're saying just like oh yeah the organization told me this so i'm gonna believe it they didn't they didn't really look to question why would someone rebel why would someone do this as like oh no you're wrong you didn't listen to the organization so that's why i like miria because she's actually someone who is willing to ask the questions and go out and do the work to find out um what the answers are and then another thing devotion in the series I mean, that's a pretty strong theme without throughout the whole series you see it with claire and teresa um in the slashes you know the whole seven ghosts there's they're quite devoted to each other and also jean i think she embodies this the most because of how once claire saved her she was fully 100 percent all in with claire it didn't it didn't matter what claire would do claire could probably jump off her a cliff and Jean would be right there with her. She was Man, that. She was a dog. Listen, she was loyal. That's the personification of loyal. Like if you open the book or a dictionary <laughs> and you looked at the word loyal, it had just have a picture of her, Jean, because that's her. <laughs> like oh yeah, go start like like one good example of it is when claire pulled it like this is during like the the suicide uh mission in the north when helen and uh yeah i think uh, what's that helen yeah yeah, yeah it was and it was yeah like when they they greet like they 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 cross swords with claire and then she stepped up there and said yeah, hold up <laughs> she said hold up what you doing <laughs> she pulled up on her like what you doing and say, bro, we just we just playing. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Hey, you have to make sure. You yeah, have to make sure. <laughs> she she was not playing nothing. She like no stones unturned. If you fuck with Claire, you seeing me. Simple. Yeah, listen, she's she's just so it's it's so interesting how she was so it was so easy for her to once she said that to just stick to that because. You'd think there'd be some wavering, but you never saw that in her character at all. So it's quite yeah. It's an interesting. It's interesting how easy it was for her, and she made the ultimate sacrifice as well. Can't lie. That that's what even solidified it for me. She's like, she she lived what she said. Yeah, I think it's more impressive too because of her rank. She's in the top ten, so you expect all of those characters to be super prideful and i i think even like helen was like caught off guard by that too by having um i, I think she was number nine like having the number nine ward claymore protect someone like claire who's number 47 but she didn't care about rank or anything like that like for her it was this person saved my life i'm doing everything in my power to make sure they're good and like you said she made the ultimate sacrifice and she did it without <laughs> you know without bad in the eye it was an easy choice for her to make mm. the greatest he had like similar like loyalty to like so like dietrich had similar like loyalty levels but she like it's mixed because obviously she was first loyal to the organization because when like helen and um Denave, like save her she's mm-hmm. like okay guys i'm 
I'm so thankful and grateful that you saved me. That I don't wanna, I don't wanna snake it. I, I don't wanna lie. I don't wanna tell people that I, I saw you. So like, take me as your, you know, capture me. I'm just gonna yeah. follow you, you know. And I kind of like that because similar to um, Jean, because she has that kind of loyalty and respect for things that people do. You know, if you if you do decide for me, like I like, and it, to that degree. I have to, you know, I have to kind of sacrifice something back. I, to, I can't be just one way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Bitch, very earnest, wears a heart on her sleeve, honest. Like, <laughs> you, you can, it, it, she's not a hard person to read, like both of those characters. I think the bit that shocked me the most is when she was like, um, if you have to kill me, kill me. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you on? So easy to be seen. Maybe like, a stream. Maybe a is stream. Is it that deep? Is yeah. it that deep? And that obviously took Ellen and Neve by, like, but they were shocked by that. They're like, what? Like, how can somebody like this exist that when you don't know me, I just saved you. We don't really have anything that links us together apart from mostly we're claymores and we have similar experiences. But beyond that, you should not, you don't have any, you know, responsibility or, you know, anything, attachment to protect me. And she was like, no, you saved me. I have to protect you. Like, whatever that looks like, I'll do it. Uh, It always felt like the Claymores had like this inherent sisterhood among them because it, it was very easy for them to group together and form a rebellion because like you said like all of them experience uh similar things in in their childhood and their upbringing so it's kind of like everybody gets it like everybody has been been there done that Mm -hmm. so it's you know and and it's not like people even people who are like loyal to the organization they just do it because they've been doing it for a long time it's not like they treat it well so uh, they feel a need to protect them or anything. So when it came to the rebellion, it's just like you know, everybody had that sense of uh, like teamwork yeah. with each other. Like you know, we all cool with each other. Definitely, definitely. Because I think there was the group that was inside the castle, and they 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 ended up teaming up with the guys who were outside anyway. So even though they weren't really supposed to be a part, they did it because they felt the Oh yeah, the young the young ones. Yeah. I remember that now. Rocky. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick glow up. What do you think about Rocky? Rocky uh, there's this moment. There's this actually there's a mad moment in this series and do you remember? Did I dream this? Did is this fake? <laughs> did did Claire and Rocky kiss when he was like young? It happened. They did kiss. I'm pretty bro. sure. Bro, bro, I was like, I was hit by. I was like, what's <laughs> happening? I was like, why? What? <laughs> That's the only real suspect moment throughout the series. Obviously, apart from every sus thing the organization does when they're you know trying to take kids and at a young age, they, the FBI need to be doing their job on the organization because they do too much but Raki and Claire kissing 
I was I thought this was a first I was like this is a brother and sister relationship okay cool 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 I had accepted that and they kissed I was like okay what's happening guys <laughs> what's happening they, you know they had their little Misato Shinji moment you know what I'm saying if you want to motivate a young man that's how you do it like that, that, that you know <laughs> that's how you do that's, it that's I know a lot of people was looking at that panel you know with the 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 Yugi Moto meme. It should have been me, not him. <laughs> the jealousy it's was so fast. Yeah. <laughs> if it works, it works. He didn't lie. Well, that's why he he had to he had to come he had to come back. Of course, he was gonna that that was in his memory for the rest of his life. As an adult, he's probably having mad dreams, <laughs> the maddest of dreams throughout the series over that one kiss. Yeah, it's crazy too, cause like he didn't see her after that for you know seven years later. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Right, we do favorite or cool slash moment. So whoever whoever has one ready can go. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Favorite arc is it's been consistent from the anime to the manga and my first read and my reread. <clears throat> my favorite arc is the suicide mission in the north. And I think it's, it's the reason why is first of all, Claymore is a very consistent series, so I think like any stretch of chapters can like compete with one another, even if it's not like I will have a different opinion on where I rank it. I think like everything can like you'll be like, okay, I, I can I can see where you're coming from when you pick that. But the reason why Suicide Mission in North is my favorite is because of the ending. Bro, <laughs> when, when Choco was reading, like I was I, I just read the shit and I'm hyped for him reading it because <laughs> dog, when um it gets down to like everybody is being defeated, uh, you know they can't win a battle with attrition is the suicide mission is this is it y'all supposed to die you you're not supposed to win you did a good job taking out ricardo but all right now it's time to end this shit when everybody is uh is starting to die out we have like our main people you still have claire there you still have miria and then you have priscilla saying like i forgot exactly what she said um but it's like she's giving you a notification like okay this one this person just died this person just died and then when she like says it's done and it is it's just over i was like oh (laughs) yo i was like we really we we just lost (laughs) and yeah and claymore is a series to where there's a lot of tension in it because they can get away with it like obviously you don't expect Claire to die because you she never got to confront Priscilla but Claymore is a series to where they can kill their characters and have new Claymore or focus on different Claymore I mean we seamlessly went into the whole Teresa thing so who's to say we can't do that with another character and I think you know uh having that sense of danger just hiding that moment for me i was like yo these they they really they really doing this like we really just out and then we got the whole reveal of you know mir mir mir's plan with the pill 
then seven people ended up surviving and i was like okay yeah this is dope i agree i agree because even he, the guy committed to it because we got off in the next chapter we see the new number 47 i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Where, where's, where's the actual mc where's the actual mc <laughs> get this fake off my screen please remove her immediately Bro, she came up to bro, bro, Clarice reported for duty number 47. It's like, oh no, we really getting a new one? I ain't it. I ain't it. At all. Uh, you know that meme when they said that? It's like, you press enter, it's like, improve. Imp- no, go back, go back, go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, go back. I don't want this. Don't want this no more. Oh, that was despair. That, was, that arc was despair. I thought we were having despair before, but like that arc was true despair. People were just dropping bodies on the floor. Yeah. And and it had my favorite fight. Claire versus Ricardo is my favorite fight in the series. That was clean. That was clean. Was that one that she was half awakened? Yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah. Oh my days. She was moving. That's where I say like the anime did a very good job with because the scene of um when Ricardo is about to cut down Miria, she's unconscious and falling down. Claire's running and she's like, I'm not fast enough. The way the anime did is they, they like slow down the moment. And then the atmosphere is is is, is literally cold because when, when she transforms and you, all, all the anime shows you, it's like uh, at least that episode um they they show you the glowing uh yellow eyes they show her teeth to show that she's uh how much yoki power she's using and you see the legs bruh oh man that was clean it's crazy that that, that was i was baffed i was like well how is she half still claymore then half you know awakened and obviously they explained yep. it, but that was mad. <laughs> Just thinking about it, when Ricardo said, <laughs> he looked at his arm, he said, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> now, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, he, even he was caught off guard, like, bro, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, everybody was caught off guard, because I was like, bro, I was like, because you're trying to, um, you can't, you're trying to give context to the situation, you're like, okay, like, she's not fully awakened but what is this clearly there's something going on and will we ever get the claire we know back because yeah. i was thinking she was a gone after that i was like yeah this is after this she's gonna fully you know dive into the abyss and become an abyssal one and that's claire gone but luckily not yeah and they committed to that too you know because it took the gene sacrifice for her to come back so you know they didn't they didn't just make it to where like claire just somehow is able to revert back on her own free will it's like it it took a loss for that to happen uh, yes we lost a real one i think that's another reason why claymore is good because we actually have consequences you know like you can't make these bad decisions without paying for it no it's true like Whatever you do, assign and especially like it was showcased the overseas, like anybody can die. It was one of those when you're like, okay, I know I love this character, but I don't want to get too attached to it. Because I know that if if they die it's gonna hurt me. 
I think the only person I knew wouldn't die during the series until the end, I like they might die at the end, was Claire. I was like, Claire can't die. Everybody else? Yeah. It's open season, isn't it? It's true. Okay. okay. What about you, Richard? What's your favourite art or moment? Um, I think I was going to do, like, I'll touch on my favourite arc real quick and jump in a moment. My favourite arc was um, right after um, Satsuki's um, favourite, uh, the Genesis the Genesis of War. And it was that period after, like, we had the seven-year gap and it was very dialogue-heavy and all every the survivors were trying to get their heads back together, trying to get, you know, physically in the moment to understand and comprehend everything they've kind of gone through and where they go from there and i think it was just good to see a lot of different characters kind of voice their opinions and their thoughts on their situation and how you've seen the journey affect what kind of opinion they have like and that's because that's when the group started to split up it's like oh i'm gonna go to the north um, some people went to Rabona to the city um, some people went elsewhere you know what I mean that we want to achieve and it obviously has something to do with the, the organization overthrowing the organization or having making sure that the organization has less power somewhere but we all have to do our things first we all have to settle our business first like you know what I mean and that part was it was just beautiful to see a lot of the characters grow and develop and become independent thinkers and not individuals who are just following mindless orders because they at that time weren't even following um maria per se or even galatea they weren't even following her they were kind of bouncing off each other they were like okay this is what i think this is what i think this is what i think i should do okay you do that i don't agree with that and it was just good for them to all get understanding of where everybody stands before like everything popped off and <laughs> everything did pop off i think my favorite moment though was um easily and when he fought the uh, abyssal eaters oh, yes. i wouldn't obviously the final fight but i, I don't want to even call it fighting because he didn't put up much of a fight at the end and he tried really though he did try he did he did he had me they had me feeling hella sympathetic and um, sympathetic for him because i was like does he really deserve this like i don't think so does he actually deserve that's like the worst way for someone to die that's the worst way i've seen someone die in a manga in a like in a while of my head like to be eaten alive bruh I can't even imagine. And the thing is, he was so um, competent and so like deep in his thought that you could really see how much like hope he had for what he could become and his growth. He was like, I had, you know, there's so much more potential in me as beyond in uh, Abyssal One. And obviously chilling with Raki and Priscilla gave him that kind of family vibe. And he was like, oh, mm. maybe there's more to my existence and i can have things that i didn't believe i could and it was just like a pain to watch him at his like last moments grasp at the idea it was like he was kind of content with his death but also like saddened 
as at what it could have been like what his life and existence could have entailed and i think he he felt that like many of the um claymores and abyssal ones we've seen in the series they get to a moment where they they their eyes are open to the fact that they can have relationships you know they can grow with people and have a like a depth of um meaning in in somebody else's life and like vice versa somebody's life have a depth of meaning in this and just seeing him fiddle with that idea in his last moments uh it made me hate the organization so much like i hate them with all my heart i'm like <laughs> why oh they're so useless man I, I feel you on that one because even though Actually, even though Isley he was he was a problem I don't think he deserved to be eaten up by these mm. man-eating monsters it was very distasteful to see the way he was devoured and even with Rifu as well the way they they got her out I was I oh was very days. it was very sad to see because we see these guys especially the way they were um, sectioned in the story they were so powerful and to see them yeah. get reduced to these to like bare bones because again eaten by these monsters who have no soul basically they're just mindless just trying to feed and it's it's so weird to see because especially when the characters you know are so strong but they they can't they can't beat the stamina of the abyssal eaters and like you were saying with Isley, as the story was progressing, he kind of becomes more humanized and we see more sides to him that make him more open and interesting and you're, you kind of want to learn more about him. But when we reach that point in the story where he's getting defeated by the, um, what's it, the abyssal ones, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's, hmm. I'm not going to say it's underwhelming, but it's a subdued ending for someone who was so grand when he was being introduced, if mm. you get what I mean. I hear that. Because as a character, he had a lot of potential. He had so much more to give. And I think what hurt me the most is the fact that he was killed by things that were soul soulless. There were things that like had no emotion, couldn't bounce off of him. Because, like with the other claymores or abyssal ones deaths when they're fighting somebody who has some sort of emotion like you're able to you know pull out something deep within them in their final moments like you know like at least if i'm dying i want the person killing me to have some i want to see emotion in there like are they angry are they sad am i touching on their humanity like what you know i want to see look into the eyes like mm-hmm. like what rick ross said i was like i want to see the guy i want to see my killer in the eye i want to see <laughs> it i want to see that but he didn't yeah. see that all he saw nothing looking at him and then that's pain yeah it's it's kind of it's, it's messed up with easily because it's like you said there's like no story like there there's a there's a purpose for it but there's no character story for uh the abyssal eaters killing him it's just there there's there's nothing to it it's just he's kind of used as a footstool to show you how strong these abyssal eaters are and how dangerous they are because they're taking out abyssal ones so like 
yeah it wasn't the most satisfying end to his character it's, it's definitely disappointing especially like given like the, the lives he touched yeah. especially like with his training with Rocky I mean he like his lessons to Rocky I guess you know that was something that they gave you so it's not like you're completely devoid of easily impact in the series but um, on a personal level you don't really get too much other than his uh, fight with ah, damn what was her name someone help me out what was her name? The other Abyss one. Lu- Lucille? Lucille? Yes, I think it. Yeah, Lucille. Yeah. Other than like that, yeah, he don't really get too much from Easily. He went outside. Not gonna lie. He went outside. No. It'd be like that, man. He knew, he knew, he knew what it was being a man in this series. He did, fam. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> <laughs> He was he, he he was ready on the countdown. It was it was bound to happen. He was, yeah. he, was he just had to wait. Man. Okay, let me. I think my favorite arc is probably the endless gravestones, and I think I was talking about it earlier with um, Claire and Ophelia. That whole ordeal she went through. I think that was a moment in the series where I was thinking. This author must hate his main character because of what he put her through. <laughs> and I, I I remember this arc distinctly because anytime I was posting my post, Sasuke was just there laughing because of the ordeal Claire was getting put through, all the abuse she was taking from Ophelia. He was celebrating. Oh. I was just thinking, oh. I was thinking, why is this guy so happy? <laughs> I, I told you I love to see the MCs get humble and beat down one of my favorite moments is Hunter Hunter the Hunter exams when Gon gets molly by Hanzo because it wasn't even a fight and I'm just I, I, I just I, I think it's kind of courageous when the author just lets you know like yo they're not at that level yet you're gonna have to wait on that it's true. We, 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 there, there's some steps to get to that level. And Ophelia was a different animal. Bro, she was different. Oh my days. I was so, I was so stressed throughout the whole arc. And then Alina, she came through quick draw. Oh, that entrance, that entrance alone. Oh, it was cold. Man. Yeah, that, that that was that was a great way to reintroduce her into the story, especially because I didn't even know she was alive still. And then, and then like you have this little arc with her and Claire talking about, oh yeah, you you can learn my technique. And then Claire's too weak, obviously. I was like, okay, so how's she gonna get stronger then? And she gives up her mm. arm, and I was like, whoa, wow, this is this is a big moment. And then Claire's like, okay, yeah, I'll give you back this arm. And then obviously we see that. Alina gets killed by I think her name is Raffaello mm-hmm. yeah that was mildly upset I can't lie and then also Ophelia she turns into the awakened one and she doesn't even realise that was crazy I think I think Claire the versus Ophelia the rematch is one of my favourite fights in the series because of how just the dynamics and the way that Ophelia just turns without even noticing herself and Claire kind of has to put her out from like a mercy standpoint because she's even shocked that she was transformed into this thing 
because they don't even tell the claymores that awakened ones and claymores are basically one and the same it's one of those reasons why trusting the organization is not in your best interest but i think yeah and also it, it gave me one of the um my favorite volume covers because that month volume seven with claire standing in the water and just the shimmers around her is beautiful honestly. Oh. it's beautiful top it's probably my favorite volume cover from the series there's a lot of good ones but that seven it touched me differently i need to buy it because i need that in my hands i only have one claymore volume and it's the last one i can't find that one online you know really damn i, I can't find it i checked on amazon but it wasn't there crazy Must be I, 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 I got that i got that a long time ago though mm, yeah, that's the thing with these quote-unquote old series because it's not it's not really that old i don't think it came out 2000s i believe yeah i think it late 2000 maybe like 2008 something like that or maybe it's early no yeah it may, it may have been earlier than that definitely the 2000s though mm, oh yeah endless gravestones great arc one of the one of my favorites as i mentioned but as we come to the close of a good discussion i want you guys to pitch to the people why 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 read this series out of all the mangas and animes in this world why should they read claymore by norahiri yagi well i would i'll go quickly i'll do mine quick okay because i feel like it's very simple if you like beautiful women if you like <laughs> characters if you like excellence then you would read this like it's such a beautiful written and illustrated piece like just please if you've watched and listened to this far you, you have to read it you have actually have no choice read it that's that's me jeez i respect it yeah like claymore is a series that i think i'm not really disappointed with anything in it like we can pick apart moments here and there but like there's not something in a grand scheme that i'm mad about i feel like this series is the model of consistency it has its peaks but it doesn't have many lows if if any at all and i think it it just it uh it has high points with everything the art the character like the, just the cast in general the story the world building the power system all of that it's an easy series to get into um it's, it's one of those things to where you don't have to wait to chapter 50 or chapter whatever i think very early on you'll tell okay i, I like this series i i can't say i've met anybody who's drop claymore anything um yes yeah, it i think it appeals to everybody like if you're somebody who just likes fights claymore is for you if you're someone who likes a story to the fight you want um you know meaning to it you don't just want to see people throw hands just for the sake of throwing hands i mean, claymore has that as well so i don't really think this series is unappealing to anyone I, I feel like this is a series that anyone can enjoy unless you're someone who literally just doesn't like fighting series like if you're just slice of life person then okay then yeah that's that's different but 
yeah claymore is is it's a series for everybody agreed agreed i think definitely the special thing about claymore is it takes so many aspects where people where i feel other series are weakened and i'll just use one example of female characters this series is built on female characters strong females and it proves that you can have your battle shonens and you can write your women to be competent battle strong multifaceted and ca- they carry the story i mean uh, i think satsuki mentioned it um, earlier with Isley about the men i wouldn't say they get done dirty but they're definitely in the back seat and it's not really something that you notice because even though the characters are all female they're all written well they're all just great characters in general it's not a great female character it's just a great character and claymore as they mm. as satsuki mentioned as well is consistent i don't think there was a single arc where i thought yeah this arc is meaty no every single arc is good every single arc will hit a high point which will touch you and you'll be thinking what is going on in this story where are we going what's happening and the storyline it will make sense certain things will happen and it starts adding up and we get to a climax in certain points of the series which will transition to the next phase of the story and it all links up very well i think even better if you reread it and world building he expands the world greatly and one thing isayama he needs to run norihiro a check because he did this whole zombie thing before um isayama ever did it i believe anyway there's a lot of similarities between attack on titan and claymore in the aspects where the doma or the um awakened ones are claymores how we're on a small island which is actually part of a bigger world and the way Mm. the way those two aspects are used throughout the story is very I think he utilized it very well because of it didn't feel contrived when it was revealed that oh yeah this is just a testing ground for the country who are warring right now i was like oh wow now it's starting to make sense why we have these things and it kind of makes you question why why would you think this is all that is, there is to the world why didn't we think there was things bigger than this but to sum it up why you should read claymore um, excellent characters, excellent art, and an excellent story. And I think if you like, if you like stories in general, I'm sure one of the things in Claymore will appeal to you. And if it doesn't, I want you to explain to me why, because I'm interested. <laughs> if it doesn't, the beautiful women will get you. You stay for the, you stay for the excellent eye candy, the beauty. Got no cheeks though. <laughs> or listen I can never say her name what is it is it Deneve I always yeah, say Deneve in my head yeah the Sabu from her like she she's not even Strong. like the most attractive but she the, the Sabu was crazy with her Strong. had me life-changing some would say I was like wow is this is this is this what I'm getting as well oh my days they, I was like you're giving me too much I can't be this can't be an excellent read and also great on the eye that's too much my heart can take it i might die <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was dope man dope oh, that's really lit man okay any 
any final comments before we close out guys um, I yeah. really enjoyed this I'm not going to lie to you really enjoyed this discussion and I have to shout out my, my guy Satsuki and hopefully we get to have many more conversations along the line but this one was really fun man oh for sure any 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 other series y'all want to talk about man I'm, I'm up for it there's there's probably a lot of series i haven't really had a chance to discuss like on a platform like this a lot of times i just read my my, my stuff and i'll be in my corner but you know it was cool to discuss claymore because i don't think i've ever really like talked about claymore with anybody too much hey man you're always welcome and also i want to shout out your channel what's it sasuke the savage and sasuke yes, the reactor go subscribe to those like watch all the videos very good videos especially the i say the effort that's put into them because when you when you told me you do your editing on your phone that's when that's that's a put in start putting in more effort because i'm thinking this guy he's producing these high quality videos and it's on his phone i got a laptop and i'm not even trying to do editing i have to you you actually encouraged me to step up because i was thinking i can't be slack i can't be making excuses because you're making the most of your resources and it shows in the work and listen i I appreciate it i wouldn't advise anybody to do what i do not because it's like it's hard because i for me it's just i'm kind of just used to editing on my phone for me it's more i'm more comfortable and also i just i i have a problem sitting on because i have a pc if i had a laptop it may be different but um I don't really like sitting at my computer too much so for me it's easier to edit with my phone because i can lay down uh do whatever i can i could be out i don't have to be in my home but uh if you can learn to do it a different way do it a different way because you're you're going to be limited in what you can do but i try i try to make the most of it okay all right and so this was a it was a claimable discussion talking about Norihiri Yagi's Greatness featuring AK Mindset X Satsuki the Savage and we are yes, sir. we are out deuces peace peace